Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 84. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm with my brother, Andrew. How are you doing, Andy? I'm terrific, Ray. I'm terrific. I wish I'd brought them down on the uh, down on a beach. I feel out of place without a surfboard here. Well, that noise you can hear in the background is actually the surf. We're on the beach at Ocean Grove, the main beach at Ocean Grove, Victoria. Uh, we're walking around to the little hamlet of Barwon Heads, and we're walking to right where the Barwon River hits uh, Bass Strait. And if you look to your left, if you look really, really hard, you can see Tasmania. <laughs> no, you <Almost>. can't. <laughs> now, I think I've got four brothers. I think you're one of only two that haven't actually been on the podcast. So how do you feel? I'm, I'm absolutely honoured, Ray, and I'm uh, delighted having been uh, a listener for most of them. Very, uh, very happy to be on the other end. Yeah, well, we are, uh, we're on a very famous beach. Do you actually know what this beach is famous for? Uh, well... I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's... Didn't they used to uh, land... Wasn't it during the war they used to land planes Correct. on this beach? Correct. You know your beaches. Yeah. Um, this is what they call the RAF beach. The Royal Australian, the Royal Australian Air Force did training or landed, landed planes here during the Second World War. In fact, here comes one now. <laughs> so... Today's interview is with a guy, get this, at the age of 26, he was appointed CEO of a major, uh, CEO for New South Wales, uh, for a major real estate franchise. Uh, then uh, he, he did very, very well in that role. I don't forget the specifics, but he grew the business substantially. Uh, then he was offered a very, very challenging role to relocate to California and become the US CEO for the group. His responsibility now is growing the business in California, Nevada and Hawaii and has influence in other states. I'm talking about Rob Ford from Harcourts. Uh, I really love catching up with Rob. He's a terrific guy. He's actually a mate of Garth McCoskey's. Garth's been on the show a couple of times so special thanks to Garth for hooking me up with Rob. So the interesting thing here is that Harcourts, and I don't know whether you know this Andy, but Harcourts are developing the auction system in, in California. Yeah. Uh, obviously not without its challenges yeah. because uh, they are really uh, changing the way that business is done there. I think they've done some 600 auctions so far. Wow. And it's a matter, I guess, as you'll hear, of re- re-educating and, and training uh, both consumers and real estate agents within the industry. So I really enjoyed catching up with Rob. Like I said, there's a lot of takeaways here. And uh, this guy is so entrepreneurial. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. All right, let's do it. Well, Rob Ford, welcome to the Top Agents Playbook podcast. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Ray. Uh, I noticed that you've had a recent trip to uh, Hawaii. How was the surf? Yeah, the surf was good, actually. I um, I got a, got a couple of waves in. Normally, you need to wait for the winter to go to the, the north shore, but we had a couple of south shores on the uh, on the south side, close to the office, so yeah. it worked out worked out well. <laughs> There's some pretty big waves uh, over over that way, aren't there? Yeah, there can be. Yeah, in the uh, in the winter time, uh, it's yeah. There's some yeah, some great surf. Excellent, excellent. 
Mate, I just wanted to catch up. Um, you're heading up Harcourt's push into into the USA. I think you're starting uh, your brief as the well, Hawaiian Islands, California and Nevada. Um, yeah. Can you tell me when you kicked off, how are things going and what's going on? Yeah, so I Harcourt's has been over here for just over five years. I came over um, uh, just about two years ago now, actually. Um, and the initial initial sort of push, we we came in here, um, you know, five just over five years ago, and off the back of a couple of other a small group um, that we that we sort of um, you know uh, joined with, if yep. if you like, and yep. rebranded them to to Harcourts. Um, that was in Southern California, so the majority of our offices and the focus has been sort of Southern California, where we're strong offices throughout San Diego, um, number of offices now in the Inland Empire. Uh, Orange County is quite strong and that's where we're headquartered. Yep. Um, and then we're just sort of making a bit of a push at the moment up into um, up into LA. Uh, we've sort of got six odd offices throughout LA now and, um, you know, really working hard to get a, a, a bigger part of that market. As you know, it's just such a such a huge beast to, to look at and tackle, but we're starting to starting to make some good inroads. And then we've got an office up in Reno, Nevada. We've got one, uh, as you mentioned, in Hawaii that we opened uh, just over 12 months ago. And then uh, Rick DeLuca, who is like my counterpart and is quite well known in the, the real for, you know, was previously quite a well-known speaker. Yep. Um, Rick is sort of heading up the the Northwest, which is Oregon, Washington and uh, and Idaho. So in total, we've got about um, 36 offices now in, in the US. Excellent, excellent. So mm. how does a guy from Adelaide end up in, in California? You've had quite the journey. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. So I um I went to university and and studied. Um, I actually spent some time after I'd studied in uh, in in America doing a vintage in a winery. But during those years of uh, of studying, it was quite funny because my my dad estate business, and I always thought, well, you know, there's no way I'm going to get into real estate. And then as soon as I uh, got the degree, I ended up back in real estate. So yeah. I actually. Worked um, in in Adelaide with the franchise group for a while. Was a corporate auctioneer um, there. Did that for a number of years, and then um, um, had the approach from Harcourts and uh, went for went for the gig of um, CEO for Harcourts in New South Wales. Um, at the age was, of twenty six or something. Yeah, twenty six yeah. at that point. Right. So I was lucky enough to um, lucky enough to get get the job, which was which was great. And we had some we had some pretty good things around a little bit and you know the couple of years um that i was there and i had some you know had some good things um we we had a really big push on auction and and a number of different things i guess the background um you know having been an auctioneer was always going to be um you know pretty conscious on on pushing that yeah um and then i went over and i actually had a um i went into a residential business for um, on the lower North Shore um, for for just under a year, and then um, I got approached by that point um, to uh, have a look at the opportunity that was here in California as they were going through a couple of changes at that time. And um, yeah, the the opportunity was exciting and too big, I guess, to to pass up. So made the move made the move over about two years ago. Yeah, well, it's uh, they're exciting times for you, so it's. Mm. Uh, you certainly, uh, you've certainly been a very busy guy. Um, so it's, it's. Uh, I guess for those of uh, our listeners in Australia and New Zealand, it, 
It is a very different world in North America. I try and explain some of the differences to uh, to my friends and contacts and colleagues, and uh, it's a it's a system, I guess, where for those that don't know, um, if you're a seller, you, you might be paying a fee of uh, anywhere in the vicinity of of five or six percent. And uh, and please correct me where where and if I'm wrong here, Rob. But sure. that uh, that amount will be split normally equally between a selling agent and a buying agent. Yeah. Uh, so when you list a property, it goes out to all and sundry on on uh, on the on the multiple listing services or or even now out through Zillow and Trulia and sites like that. So the world knows about it. Um, how have you been able to adapt? Uh, the process that we know and love in Australia, which is mm. which is the auction system. So, um, slowly would probably be the the first way. It actually took probably uh, three years of Harcourt's being here before auction uh, auction came over. Right, um, and it's just something that made a lot of sense. I think when you look at um, the way that, and as you said, exactly right. The, you know, you'd get a listing and you put it up on the multi list, and you know the the sort of um, you know, the mindset, and this is, you know, generally sort of speaking, but, um, you know, you have um, the, once you get, not not that your job is done, but, you know, you put it on the, the multi-list and then you're almost waiting a lot of the, a lot of the time for, um, you know, buyer's agents to bring you offers. Yep. The process isn't like we know it in Australia. When you get the listing, you you really go to work. Yeah. Um, it's something that you know is is a little bit different. And and knowing that, knowing that you know where we come from, where it's you know you've really got to work the listing, you got to work all your buyers, you got to you do these things that. It only made sense that there's an opportunity to really be a lot more efficient in, you know, in in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, even if you look, at, you know, just at open houses. I mean, the typical open home here is three hours long. Yeah. And you sort of you look at you know if you've got any any decent number of um, listings um, in order to do those on your own and really work it when you're doing three hour open homes happens so you know there there was always an opportunity I think to to do something a little bit different and shake the market up here um, one of the one of the big learnings in that is um, that um, you know the US and the real estate market here is is just so big and there's uh, you know a lot of MLSs, a lot of boards, a lot of, um, you know, things that are sort of in place to protect the way that things have been done. So it's been yeah. interesting in sort of coming over and, and doing something a little bit different and seeing how it's been received. Uh, we actually had Ben um, heads up Harcourt's auctions. He came over here. Um, that, about that, a year just cut out, that just cut out then, Rob. Sorry. Oh, okay. ben, ben who? Say again. Ben, ben Brady. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Yep. So he came over. He came over here. Um, uh, yeah, about a year before I did, and he uh, is the director of auctions for for Harcourts. Um, so he came over here with the job of of getting things set up. And you know, that first year was just a huge amount of research into you know MLS, into legislation, into you know what we could actually do. Um, an auction platform yeah um and you know since then we have a look i mean in the last 12 months we've called just over um you know over 600 uh property auctions we sell uh you know i think the clearance rate at the moment is about 94 percent um of them within uh 29 days um so there's a couple of different stages that we've rolled out um which um which i can sort of talk about so initially yes, when 
Yeah, so initially when first coming over here, um, I think we started to take a lot of the, you know, a lot of the um, properties to auction, um, you know, on site. Yep. Um, however, we learnt, um, or Ben and the team learnt pretty quickly that that initial, um, you know, that initial period in first introducing auction, was there was some education barriers that we need to get across to really make sure people understood what they needed to do on auction day. Right. Although it made sense to a lot of the agents, they understood it, they got it. The difficulty we had um, is in the education because in, in Australia and New Zealand, as you know, you put a property up for auction uh, and then you've got all of these buyers that you're then talking to um, who, you know, you can tell about the auction, make sure they know and, you know, get them in a position ready to bid. Yep. Um, the thing that we had over here was we had a whole lot of buyers agents um, that we were talking to, not directly to buyers agents saying, oh, it's a gimmick. It's, you know, something that, you know, I don't know what they're doing, but it's not going to work. There's no point going. So you sort of, there was another level of, um, of education that needed to occur, which was to the buyers agent rather than directly to the buyer. Yeah, I um, thought so. so. Yeah, so that that brought brought around you know a, a whole lot of um, a whole lot of challenges. So initially, um, in doing that, we sold probably I would have thought eighty percent of the eighty um, percent of the auction before auction day. Right. Um, just because you know had a had had some leverage for a change. So instead of it sort of all being you know control with the with the buyer, we all of a sudden pulled back some of that control, saying that. Um, you know, if we don't receive any more offers by the auction date, then, you know, the property will be sold. And a lot of the people were sort of saying, well, you know, our client or we don't want to go to auction, can we buy it beforehand? So, well, yeah, of course, but we need to be, a, you know, we need we need a pretty decent offer and the, the top, you know, the clock is ticking. So, yep. you need to, um, you need to get some things in place. So, that was that was quite a big shift um, in terms of the, the mindset for a lot of the buyers and, and buyers agents. But, yep. You know, now we're starting to um, get a lot more familiarity, um, you know, with that, which is um, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's so interesting. Um, boy, I had a I had a dozen questions there as you were going through that. Yeah. One one was, um, or, or one is, I guess, an offer before uh, needs to be an unconditional offer. It can't be subject to finance yep. or a building and pest inspection or, or whatever yep. it might be, um, and uh how 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 did the buyers and buyers agents take to uh take to making sure they are in in a position to you know being told you have to you have to uh, do all your due diligence before you make an offer or before you bid how how did they handle that news yeah so what um the the way that it's set up is that when we get any um property um, going to auction before it hits the MLS, and that's the first place that it typically goes onto the MLS. Yeah. Um, before it goes online or out there to the general public, we make sure that we get all the all of the disclosures done. So your building, your pest, your clue, your termite, natural hazards. So all the reports are done up front, um, which is very different because typically what happens if you get you know if you're getting an offer here, um, you'll put your offer into into S. Once it goes into escrow, that's normally then when the negotiation starts, and that's where you know you agree on a price, but then you've got your you know your pest has come back or your termites come back, and it's the spot that the buyer can really negotiate. Yep. So in you know like any auction, we say well you know we 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 and, and we're really happy of the way that it's going because anything that goes into escrow very very rarely 
um, will we see anything fall out now because it goes in, you know, sort of unconditionally, if you like, or you know, without contingencies, as we as we say here. So, just um, explain, just explain escrow for our for our Aussie and uh, NZ uh, listeners who aren't familiar with it. Yeah, so escrow is like um, it's like your conveyancing essentially. Okay. Um, so we have escrow companies that organise the funds to be um, transferred along with the title companies when you know the exchange. So that would be like if you've got a written offer when it's written, but before it goes unconditional, it, that period is escrow, we call gotcha. it. Okay, cool. Yep. And so, Rob, what methods did you use to educate sellers? How how did you help your sellers understand the advantages of auction and, and the power of auction, as I call it? I think it's, um, for those that are familiar with it, it's just the same it's the same way essentially that we would in um in any other market because the process is essentially the same um the the funniest thing is mo it was easier for sellers to understand auction than it was the buyers because it, yeah. it just makes sense we're sort of going to them and saying you know the we've got a date set within four weeks so we know we're going to get activity um we're never promising a price but we're promising a process and the process is all around making sure that we're going to deliver market value or fair market value to a seller within four weeks and yep. you know the way that we do that we you know a few little things that we've done but you know getting all of the all of the um reporting done up front is is a really big thing uh the next thing that we also do is um Shorten the open houses, so the open houses are now down to two hours. <laughs> we have we have had some that are a little bit shorter, but you know, baby steps. So we yep. got them got them at two hours. That's and, a big step. I, I see yeah. them here in Toronto, four or five hours sometimes. Yeah, Crazy. yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, we a lot of the listings as well have lock boxes, so you get the listing. Um, your job as the listing agent is, um, you know, then you're waiting for a lot of the other buyer's agents. So you'd put a lockbox on the door. Um, once you've got the lockbox, then if you give the code um, to any buyer's agents, they can then go to the property without you being there, open up the lockbox with their code and then show their clients through. Um, so we've you know, said no. There's there's no lockboxes. There's um, the listing agent must be at every open. Do two a week for two hours, um, just to make sure that we've actually got some buyers and some people to, you know, to follow up with. So, yeah. um, and just to create that competition. So, from a, from a seller's perspective, knowing that they're not just going to have to, you know try and see when um you know a property is being opened or you know is it going to be this week am i going to get a phone call it's scheduled on you know your wednesday afternoon your saturday morning they're your two scheduled open house times for the week two hours each um within four weeks we're going to you know work hard to get you offers um and you know hopefully at that time we'll be in a position where we can either make a decision that we're ready to look to make a decision as what you do next and and a big thing is you know it's not a huge um, not a huge risk because you know the the perception of an auction failing. I mean, it's it's just not right because even if you get to thirty days and you haven't sold before or at auction day, you're only thirty days in. When in most markets that we operate, the average days on market is you know ninety plus. So yeah. just going through and and getting that understanding. But you know that being said, the 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 initially when we were sort of tapping into um, into the market here, we did get a lot of expired listings that we. Um, so a lot of sellers that have sort of said, well, nothing is work now. Let's um, let's try this, um, and that came with some challenges because they're probably more difficult pieces of inventory to cause. Um, you know, they had been on for a while, and you know they may have been overpriced in yep. in a lot of those instances. But yep. um, just due to the nature, you know, the nature of the auction process in in 
getting more people through the front door. Absolutely. Um, you haven't got those ridiculous high, ridiculously high and, and even way past optimistic uh, asking yeah. prices. Uh, and, yep. and, and an auction, uh, as I learned recently doing a bit of homework, mm. is from the Latin orgeo, I think, which means, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but uh, orgeo or something like that. Which I'll means, go with you. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, go with me here, um, yeah. which means to increase. So you've got this wonderful scenario where you're actually building and building and building and starting mm. from a base price rather than a crazy price. So, you know, they've got to love that. I'm interested as to why, I mean, especially in a, in a, in a I mean, the market here in Toronto has, has gone up 30 in some places, 40% in the last 12 months. It's been a crazy, it's been a crazy mm. um, time. And I know it's been like that in, in many centres in the US as well. Uh, but surely the buyers, Rob, would be appreciative of the of the transparency of an auction um, or bidding at auction rather than being herded into a room at Thursday at four o'clock and, and opening all these envelopes to see who happened to have the highest the highest offer. Oh, absolutely. They they do. They do like it and enjoy it. And it's like anything, with any change comes a little bit of um little bit of uncertainty and, you know, it takes some time to understand and, and see what that is. But yeah, the transparency has been one of the big things that we're really pushing on just to make sure that um, you know, the the buyers understand that. But the the thing is, you know, that you've got to remember that a lot of the, you know, from the listing agent, um, the you know, that on the MLS, what they're going to offer, you know, in terms of what they're going to pay um, the the buyer side agents yep. um, for, you know, for, for working. Um, so there was, you know, concerns initially, you know, is the is there going to be, um, you know, that payment, you know, what are we going to get? Is it an auction? Because, you know, if they felt that they weren't going to be receiving, you know, the same amount of money for showing an auction property, then why would they take their buyers through? I know yeah. that's yeah. a crazy sort of mindset, but, you know, in some cases it, it may happen. So, um, but yeah, we make sure that we offer full, um, you know, a full commission to the buyer's agents um, and, and you know, welcome them through. We did find that, you know, in a lot of cases, um, sometimes the, the buyer's agent may have said, oh, this auction, you know, I don't understand it or it's, it's a gimmick, it's not, not a real thing. And, sort of push their clients away from it we actually had the clients going direct to the listing agent in in some cases um yes. <laughs> and which is which you know is great because that gave um you know the double end the deal as we say so yep. you'll represent the the buyer and seller and obviously there's a um there's a greater commission there so sure. our agents sort of were all over it and uh and able to to do quite well and 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 that way you know it's all and that's the the best thing about it it's it's you know a transparent arena where you know buyer and seller can um, know exactly where market value is and where the other buyers are that makes a lot of sense yeah it certainly does um, I was interested in, in fact that was my next question as far as double mm. ending goes and and again for our uh, Aussie and NZ uh, listeners double ending is is where the listing agent gets or takes the selling percentage the half the selling percentage and, and the buying percentage rob what percentage of your sales would be double-ended sales just vaguely any rough idea uh with the auction uh side um we know it's about 40 percent higher than sales. so okay um yeah so that's that's sort of where we're at so i mean not not maybe maybe a third of the auction deals you might some up, up to that i'd say yeah yeah how many Realtors are there in California? Oh, total number of realtors. 
Yeah, just, uh, I, I'm just, I know it's a question without notice. I'm just, uh, uh, because I think we've got something like 40,000 agents in Australia, give or take. Yeah, oh, um, there's, yeah, I think we're, well, what is it across the US? It's over 300. I think, I think it's close to 100,000 or more. I mean, I'd have to have to have a look up, no more so the, office numbers but yeah, yeah something something yeah. like it's just it's crazy it is crazy there's seventy five thousand agents in the greater toronto area alone mm. uh mm. so it is it is just uh it is huge um so i guess you're training auctioneers are you training u.s auctioneers to auction uh yeah so what we're doing we we've um you know one of the most important things to us in sort of being new into the marketplace and we're getting a lot of competitors sort of seeing what we're doing and trying to trying to replicate yep. um so we've actually it's kind um, of flattering. designed yeah it is good it's good so we've we've um you know designed a full-on auction accreditation program so that any agent that is going to call auctions within harcourts has to be accredited to do so. and we have ben brady who is our auctioneer and we have another auction manager working san diego um we're in the process of employing uh two more uh auctioneers one in the northwest um so up in oregon and another one that we'll get for um for la um so we're bringing um so it's not that we're we're sort of building the auctioneers or we're bringing the auctioneers and then not sort of training every agent to be an auctioneer if that makes sense just because of the understanding and the knowledge that to go with it because it's very easy um you know to to um lose the the momentum with auction if you don't have that belief ingrained in you and yeah yep. we we you know you might have um if you know dane atherton i saw it at one of yep. his training sessions years ago but he put pads up on the board pads and i was like what's this pads and it's post auction depression syndrome so <laughs> um making sure that you know if we have a have an auction that doesn't sell and you know there's you know we're only 30 days into the process and we've got a seller that's more realistic in terms of where the market is we've had some offers through so we're actually still in quite a good spot so um you know there's a lot to it that if we just went out and said right here's auction um you know every office get yourself an auctioneer we'll we'll help is and away you go um it just would not have the same impact as we're having because it's too easy for a few auctions to not work for people just to say, oh, auction doesn't work, it's a gimmick, it doesn't, you know, it's not a th-. So we're being, um, you know, we're, we're really committing to make sure that we're putting a huge amount of training and resource into our, developing our agents yep. to be able to do auctions so that they're doing it in, you know, the right professional manner um, and that we have, you know, the best auctioneers in the industry over here, um, you know, calling the auctions and working with our agents to make sure that the process is being followed correctly. Yeah, yeah, well, it's such it's such an exciting, it's such an exciting time for the company. It's such an exciting time mm. for you. Uh, the market, I guess, recovering sort of back from four, five, six years ago when it was very, very tight and very tough, is is lifted. Uh, do you think that the process, you know, every market cools sooner or later. It works a cycle. Are you confident yep. that uh, the process will work in a in a quieter market as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a look at it and where, um, you know, prices in California now are up to where they were um, before the crash. So, yeah. you know, the, it's been a lot steadier, um, you know, uh, growth, which is a good thing. So I don't think we're in any, um, any um, you know, we're 
having another um, huge meltdown or, or crash. Yeah. Um, one thing that we do keep a close eye on is looking at the um, mortgage default rates. Um, and, you know, they have had a bit of an increase early um, this year. So that's obviously when some defaults are coming due on, on mortgages for across property. And um, one of the reasons was there was a number of loan modifications done a couple of years ago, um, giving people, you know, cheaper um, rates than what they could probably have or subsidising part of a purchase price um, that then come due. Um, and a lot of them are coming due now, yep. um, which means that they're having to sort of look back at what the total principal is and the interest rate that they had locked in for those two years might have changed. So that's caused a bit of an increase in the default rate. So I think um, not that that's um, – I think we're starting to see a little bit of a, a you know, maybe a correction. Um, things are levelling out at least, I, I think, a little bit at the moment. So I actually think that if things get a bit tougher, it's probably going to um, set us apart even more because one of the things that um, that we have is when typically, as I've said, you know, as you, the listing agent, then you're sort of waiting for a lot of the buyer's agents to come. So typically, if that's the case, you're not really sitting down with your seller every week going through and really working the process hard with them in terms of educating them on price. Yeah. If you've just put a price up there and then you're waiting for offers to come, waiting for buyers agents to bring um, you know, buyers to the property, then you, you're probably not getting anywhere near the feedback that you need to really educate a seller on what's happening on price, sure, So, sure. especially if things have come back a bit. So the fact that we're going to be the ones that are getting more people through the front doors of our auction property offers on the table we're getting you know written offers and part of what we do i mean you know we're, we're making sure that we're sitting down with our sellers every week going through every offer and through making sure we're giving them a really good insight into the feedback the number of people through um so you know we're working the process so which you know to the australians and new zealanders online is not going to be anything different but in this market it's completely different so I think that will really set us apart when things, um, you know, if things do get a little bit, a uh, little bit more challenging from a market condition perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's it must be so exciting to to work in a market where you've got such a, I guess, a dynamic and compelling point of difference. Uh, and you know, I'm all about the marketing aspect of it. And, and when you can just stand mm. out that obviously, it's uh, I think it's a recipe for success. And yeah. uh, it's a, it's a courageous act, and, and what you guys are doing. But you're obviously starting to see some results. So I want to mm. say on behalf of everybody uh, listening, I'm sure uh, congratulations and thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your time, and you've been very giving with your with your information. So uh, appreciate it, I'll, and I'll be uh, following everything with interest. Oh, excellent. Not a problem, though. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. You're welcome, mate. All right. Thanks, Ray. The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly sponsored by Locked On, real estate's best software. For show notes from this episode, free downloads, your Locked On Discount for Life link, and Ray's blog, head over to topagentsplaybook.com.